The cops told me you guys are looking for a record contract. There is something going on here. We've got to take immediate advantage of, guys. Yeah. Come on, let's talk, huh? Yeah, what's that? What's that? Will you look? This is hot. You guys are the hottest thing since Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Marky Mark? Man, that guy sucks. Okay, forget Marky Mark. There's magic out here, guys. Let's talk contracts. I promise you, someday we're going to be backstage at the Forum laughing about this. All right, let me ask you a question. What side are you taking the big David Lee Roth Van Halen split? What do you mean? What kind of question is that? What side did you take, Halen or Roth? Van Halen. He's a cop. Oh, come on, guys. Oink, oink. Strictly a judgment call. They sold a lot of records after Dave left the group. Come on, one more question. Hey, come on, Jeff, one more. Right, 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 right. Who'd win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Lemmy. Ah, God. Wrong, dickhead. Trick question. Lemmy is God. Sequel. Re, re, reboot. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhood Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters. Thank you for tuning into Ruined Childhoods. Uh, you may be a subscriber, or I don't know, maybe you saw a podcast that was talking about your favorite movie, Airheads. Um, and whatever brought you here, we're glad you're here. We appreciate that you're listening. Um, my name's Dan, and uh, my co-host there on the other end is John. How's everything going there, John? Things are great. I'm going to be talking about airheads for an hour. How bad could things be? <laughs> I uh, I love this. I love this movie. It's so good. I feel like we need this after uh, our last episode talking about the fucking bummer that is Saturday Night Fever, the like highly oh. dramatic <laughs> bait and switch of a movie. Uh, so yeah, talking about airheads. Hell yeah, I'm in. And this is funny, John. So, um, and, and just to give you a little context to our, our recording. So, um, it is Friday, April 14th. It is the afternoon and, um, I, I'm a teacher on spring break and John, uh, has some time available this afternoon. So I texted him maybe, I don't know, 15 minutes ago and was like, Hey, want to do airheads now? <laughs> and he was like, give me five, uh, as in give me five minutes. Um, it, we're too far from each other to give each other five uh, right now, but, um, yay. Uh, he put his hand up anyway. Uh, (laughs) anyhow, 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 um, last night, uh, we recorded our episode on Saturday night fever, um, which as we discussed in the episode, uh, it it just is a very dirty, like gritty movie that just like is very uncomfortable. And, uh, what's funny is this morning, my, my daughter, uh, my daughter who's nine, uh, her friend was coming over for a play date and her friend's mom popped in and we were chatting and I was mentioning that, you know, we were, you know, recording our episode last night about, about Saturday Night Fever. And she said, oh, yeah, that's right. a fun one. And I was like, yeah, not so much. And, yeah, I know. And she was like, oh, but I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, there's, I was like, there's all the gang rape. And I, the kids were already upstairs playing. Sure. At that point, they yeah. weren't like right there. <laughs> but anyway, it was like, yeah. Yeah, it's not fun. It's no, not fun. No, it's not. It's, it's. It, the dance scenes are fun, but even as we said, those are uh, quite quite gritty and um, yeah. Uh, Ooh, oh, you're blowing up. Uh, yeah, no, that's my uh, yeah. Sorry, my good friend Scam, as in Scam Likely. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Uh, anyhow, here we are. We're talking about Airheads from 1994, starring. Uh, our recent Best Actor Academy Award winner, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Okay, so we've got Brendan Fraser, we've got Steve Buscemi, and we have Adam Sandler. Three actors who are, uh, you know, definitely highly regarded for their acting talents doing this movie where they're these three dumb metalheads. I mean, Adam Sandler clearly has a background where he plays buffoons well, actually and, quite and famously this was a good i mean this was let's see a good 
um, 10 years before like Punch Drunk Love. So, oh, yeah, no, this was <laughs> one of his very first movies, not 10 years, eight years. Yeah, it's it's 1994, so he hasn't even done Billy Madison yet. And no, this it, is right it's appearances that. in movies like this and like mixed nuts, yeah. No, it's it's amazing that he's in a movie to begin with. He was just the SNL opera man. He's opera man, and, right? Yeah, and now he's in this movie where he's you know one of the the top three uh, build in this. And you know, Steve Buscemi, of course, has had. Uh, I mean, since then has really become more of the Steve Buscemi that everybody knows for his you know his prowess before then he was definitely active, but like this was, I'd say, you know, I mean, it's definitely before big Lebowski and you know, a lot of the other movies in Fargo. It's after Barton Fink. It's, it's after. Yeah. But I, I, but also, I mean, yes, he was in Barton Fink, but he's not like a standout performance from Barton Fink. He's Chet. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say he had had some, uh, Reservoir Dogs had come before this. Right. Reservoir Dogs, of course. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Another LA set, you know, uh, heist movie. But also, uh, yeah, but also, you know, in independent, it, it was not right. going to be like, you know, it's, it's not a super, I mean, it ended up being, you know, a cult classic, but right. of course at the time. Right. No, no, no. I, it, um, no, at this point it was, it was mainly just like the Coen brothers films that he had, that he had done and, um, whatchamacallit, the other, uh, I'm blanking on, on you're blanking name, on something working from memory here. Um, and, Miller's and Crossing, let's... Barton Fink, Hudsucker Proxy, um, I feel like there was something. Oh, uh, Reservoir Dogs, right? Yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Tarantino. So, uh, right, and then you know Brennan Fraser, who, as we as we know, had done School Ties before this. Uh, so Encino has definitely Man. done. Yeah. Well, yes, he's done. Uh, I think a couple of roles where he plays Link. You know, because he plays the role in Son in Law as well the year prior to Airheads. Um, he, you know, was in a couple of of other things here and there, but was definitely more known for like Encino man. Um, yeah, he, you know, with honors was the same year as airheads, but you know, probably wasn't out when this was being filmed or anything. And that even still wasn't like a, I feel like those those must've, I feel like those might've come out around the same time airheads and with honors. I feel like they were both like spring, like and March, talking about April. well, like also talking about 1994 for Brendan Fraser, we have his third appearance as Link, the missing Link in, in the Army now, and then, uh, well, I, I mean, it's kind of like a a slight aside from his other versions. I think he just plays a uh, a soldier who it just happens to be the frog eating. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, see it, like, so I, I yeah. saw it once. But then that's also the same year as The Scout with Albert Brooks, where he right. plays yes. Steve Nebraska. Um, that's a movie that we we talked about briefly on another episode, um, actually in context of Adam Sandler, because Adam Sandler just had a movie called Hustler that came out right. where he's a, yeah. a basketball uh, scout. So um, yeah, the, the two of them in their in their scouting movies. Um, so, sorry, uh, correction, uh, Airheads was released, according to Wikipedia, August 5th, 1994, uh, with honors was, was before that. Okay. Yeah. Thank well, you for, for clearing that up. For what it's worth, I mean, with honors, I think about that movie and I'm like, I just remember it being very kind of passable and it had that Madonna song in it. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, Airheads, uh... I feel like they probably replayed it on Comedy Central a thousand times oh, and yeah. whatever. And Easily. I just remember it's watching it over and over and over again and loving it every single time. It's so much fun. It's silly. Uh, it You know, it's interesting talking about this one after we talked about Saturday Night Fever where, you know, we were talking about, you know, like, you know, they they, they have some parallels in the sense that, like, this is what's ha- these are what's happening in these people's lives when they're not, you know, in the spotlight. Where right. the air where where the Lone Rangers, the band in Airheads, they uh, you know, don't quite get to the spotlight, 
but it's their their day to day stuff. We see these, you know, three, you know, rock you and roll frozen. guys doing their day jobs. <coughs> you know, uh, Pip, Adam Sandler's character, is a pool cleaner. Rex works at a toy store. I missed like the last thirty seconds. You were frozen on my end. It was I was spitting gold, brother. Well, why don't I go ahead and do a synopsis, and uh, that will uh, that'll that'll kind of kick everybody up to speed. With yes. Airheads from 1994. Feeling like they'll never get the recognition they deserve, Los Angeles band The Lone Rangers are in a major rut, especially the band's frontman, Chaz, whose girlfriend just kicked him out of their apartment. With a record deal in his crosshairs, Chaz is willing to make bold moves to achieve his dream. After he hears that another band they know got a record deal after getting played on KPPX Rebel Radio... Chaz, Pip, and Rex take their demo tape to the station to make their pitch to the coolest DJ in town, Ian, a.k.a. The Shark. In true Lone Rangers fashion, Chaz, Rex, and Pip break into the station to politely request that Ian plays their demo on the air. But when Milo, the station manager, tries to put an end to their shenanigans, the guys pull out realistic-looking toy guns that Rex got from his day job, a toy store. The rest of the day, the Lone Rangers are holding the KPPX staff hostage until their demands are met, an authentic record deal. And so we have, I mean, we've talked about, of course, some of the main players in the cast, but we also have an amazing uh, appearance. It's kind of like a, a little duo between Ernie Hudson and Chris Farley, yeah. who are the, the, the police officers on the scene. We have Michael McKeon as Milo, which is... You know, I you know a lot of people when they bring up Airheads also bring up Spinal. This is Spinal Tap. You know, another thing about kind of like, you know, in a rut metal musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great to see him as just like the douchey slick back ponytail station manager who's trying to convert their metal station into uh, uh, easy listening. I feel like that was the character Michael McKean played in the mid '90s because it's very similar to Brady his Bunch character movie. in the Brady Bunch. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Well, he was so good. Yeah, Dittmeyer. He was so good at, you know, playing so many different sides of things. You know, he was great at playing like, you know, the the dumb, pompous rocker. Uh, You know, of course, his days in like Laverne and Shirley. And then we have, you know, this other version of him. I don't know if it's just like he his look changed enough that he could transform then into the kind of just like. The douchebag. I think he's just always been underrated as as someone who, you know, as like when you talk about like your chameleon actors, you think of like Gary Oldman. But Michael McKeon also like let's not forget he was also the dad in that movie Daryl, like, you know, suburban, you know, good guy dad. So like Michael McKeon really uh, not to mention his work with Christopher Guest. (laughs) Uh, Worker Christopher Guest. Other well, than, in addition to Spinal in Tap. In addition to, this is Spinal Tap, right? right? Uh, but also, you know, just recently with his work on Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. which he showed really his uh, serious acting chops. Yeah. And uh, just, just amazing. I mean, going back to Clue also, oh, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of like the seemingly clueless, hey, <laughs> uh, just character. Mr. I, Green. I, it's, yeah, it's it's hard to really describe because it changes so right. anyway. Yeah, um, exactly. But also, okay, then also in this movie we have Judd Nelson as Jimmy Wing, who's the like, you know, kind of the alt uh Milo. He's the the record executive who's just like the all business like slick back hair. I'm cool, but he's really not cool kind right. of guy. Uh, yeah. We have Michael Richards, who's the uh, accountant at the radio station who spends most of his time in an air vent. Uh doing a um uh on, on the die phone <laughs> yeah doing die hard but he's on the phone with uh the the SWAT officer oh what's uh, his oh Marshall uh, Bell yeah Marshall yeah. Bell yeah uh who's talking about his which I never I don't know that I ever oh put it together before the it, whole it's so good that I mean, as 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 they put it together, and like as he's talking about how his wife, like you know, he caught his wife with the pool cleaner. Yeah, <laughs> who's clearly Pip. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I don't. Uh, think or the... if it's not Pip, then the fact that he discovers no, the van Pip. is a pool it's, cleaning van. It's you know, Pip it's... because br- right. they all talk about how. 
Pip is such a ladies' man with his sure, yeah, yeah. and uh, with his kind you of know, and, dumb. And he hooks up with one of the employees at KPPX. Um, Chaz's girlfriend Kayla is played by Amy Locaine, as we have talked about on school the school ties episode. They are, uh, you know. At least between those two regular collaborators. <laughs> I think Amy Locaine is currently, um, you know, um, a, a guest of the state of New Jersey uh, in, in one of their fine facilities. Is that true? For her uh, uh, drunk, uh, I think I like, I, I think she like killed someone in a drunk driving. Got it. Um, well, we've got David Arquette as like the the burnout dude uh, that works at KPPX. Uh, Harold Ramis is in there as a. Uh, an undercover detective who's two out of four to... Ghostbusters. To me, that's kind of like amazing. having like two Beatles. Yeah, uh, and then you have these amazing uh, cameos. You have Kurt Loder at like the height of of uh, MTV. Speaking of MTV, we've got Beavis and Butthead, Mike Judge, right? Uh, as Beavis and Butthead, as Colin, like they're characters. They exist in the world of Airheads. Yes. Yeah. Because there's no like, yeah, there's 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 no acknowledgement of them as Beavis and Butthead. Nope. They are just callers. Yeah, they're just people. Their voices on the on the phone. Um, they don't even say their names. They don't know because I you don't need to. They didn't need. Yeah, to. Yeah, I'm trying to remember it because I, I mean, Beavis and Butthead was out at this time. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you were seeing you got, that movie, you knew who Beavis and Butthead right. were. Uh, you, you have. Rob Zombie, you have Lemmy, we have uh, stuttering John Melendez, you know, right. all of all of these amazing, uh, amazing people performing these cameos. So it's it's so much fun. It's silly. It's got a great Brendan Fraser performance. It's kind of just all around like fun. It is yeah. like I just kind of beginning to end it is just entertaining. It's fun seeing Chris Farley in it. And there's this great arc. Chris Farley playing kind of just like a, you know, a straight, like a cop. Yeah. He's trying to do his job. He's not the, like, you know, the goofball. Well, it's, it's kind of like. It's his, goofy, but he's not it, the goofball. It's kind of like his part in Wayne, in the first Wayne's world. The second Wayne's world, he's much more farley <laughs> I love how in Wayne's world Much he plays restrained. two different characters between the two different movies. It's never acknowledged that he looks like the guy who worked for, you know, the Frankie uh, Sharp. Frankie Sharp, Sharp or, Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you're just happy. It like it's Chris Farley. Yeah. Uh, Sand like Sandler's great in it. It's um I you know I enjoy him. I generally enjoy Adam Sandler, but uh really enjoy him in this. Really enjoy just the vibe of the movie. Um. It, and the, like a lot of there's a, they take some risks in it because they definitely like address the idea of race. They they yeah. address the idea of privilege. Sure. They definitely do. Like they really I feel like uh, I got to mention one of my favorite lines. Yeah. And like I, I, I wanted to see like the original script for this movie to see like if this is something that they came up with on the spot or something. But there's a moment where the cops and Chaz are getting into this whole back and forth. And in order to get the crowd to, to, to prove that the crowd is on their side, he starts chanting Rodney King. And my favorite part is when inside the building, we have like Pip holding up a toy gun to some of the staff there. Uh, and I believe that in that moment, one of them at least is black and they're just like, is he chanting Rodney King? And Pip just goes, yeah, he's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, well, yeah, because there's the guy who's kind, who's like, I, he's more of like, he's wearing a, is it a dashiki that he's wearing? So this Did is uh, right? Marcus, who's played by uh, Reg uh, Kathy. Kathy? Yeah. Kathy. Um, Who's definitely more of a, um, I guess, activist. Yeah, I would yeah. say. Yeah, I would say activist is is definitely like you know the word. I not militant. Yeah. No. Like, no, no, no. 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 Um, but he's. Uh. You know. He works at KPBX. He's like a technician there. Yeah. He's yeah. kind of. But he's one of those people who's just like you know. 
you leave me alone and let me do my job the way I do my job and everything's going to be fine. Yeah. And then all of this kind of just barges in on his piece and he's also yeah. and he's just kind of like rolling his eyes but and then there's also the the woman I uh, was it vet is that her name who's Yvonne Yvonne who's yeah. a, also black Played by Michelle Hurst yeah um the other I think they are the only two um of the hostages who are black and like when Adam Sandler when Pip says to her, he's like why don't black people like me yeah and, and he's like, and he's trying to empathize like to a lot of rap music. And well, and he's yeah. talking about, and he's like, yeah, no, I think it's just terrible about all this. And she's just like, he's like, he's like, and that when you walk into a store and people are watching yeah. you because they think you're going to steal things. And she's like, I've never had that happen to me. Have yeah. you? <laughs> um, but I, it's, I, well, it's kind of sweet because he's like, he's trying to connect and be empathetic. And, you know, th- this entire time, with the exception of Milo, they're not presenting themselves as being aggressive. Right. They, yes, they have what appear to be real guns. They're just filled with hot sauce, and uh, <laughs> I. But to everybody else, you know, they everybody else is kind of is kind of into it, except for maybe uh, Reg. He's not in, he's not so into it. Uh, David Arquette's character, you know, gets oh. away, and then he wants to come back in. <laughs> <laughs> a wonderful David Arquette performance. It's a wonderful David Arquette performance. It's everybody's great in it. It's it so is, much fun. It is exactly that. It is just it's fun. But what I appreciated it this time around, watching it, you know, in in 2023, was how it didn't fall into the traps of a lot of 90s comedies, but it didn't shy away either. It, or, you know, it addressed things. It was very, um, I felt that they anticipated a lot of like backlash and things that like, you know, critiques that people would have about the story, such as, you know, just the, the very like privilege of the plot, the whole, like, you know, right. Wow. Wow. You know, we're a one in a, you know, dime a dozen band, uh, you, who, who isn't getting famous, you know, they acknowledge that they don't play it off as like where everyone takes it. And that allows them to like, then have this just like not a riot, but just like this party out there outside the station, which it's, it's filmed in the same uh, on the Fox tower, right? Yeah. Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah. Nakatomi Plaza. So I love that it is conscious of that. And, uh, you know, it, it it pays homage there. Of course, it's Fox, so yeah. why, why wouldn't you? Um, yeah, yeah. I I really I don't have a uh, don't have a negative word to say about this movie. Really, well, the critics <laughs> had plenty of negative things to say about well, this movie. Of course, they did. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a movie for critics. Uh, the critics who did enjoy it just point out how entertaining it is. Um, and and Rolling you know, Stone just, liked it, right? Rolling Stone did, yes. Uh, Fraser and Buscemi are deadpan delights, and Sandler, Opera Man on SNL, is a red hot screen find. So, yeah, Rolling Stone liked it. Um, Washington Post called it entertaining. San Francisco Chronicle called it a spoof on heavy metal culture that respects the vitality and pent up pent up passion behind it, yeah. which is, of course, uh. But, you know, uh, well, interesting. Um, There are two reviews from Washington Post. One of them calls it heavily entertaining. Another says even Beavis and Butthead get to call in their critique. Naturally, they think the Lone Rangers suck. So, uh, yeah, there's uh, not a lot of love amongst the the critics for it. And shockingly, on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score is only 50%. I would expect that the audience score would have been higher for this one because I feel like it is, you know, a, a bit of a cult classic. I mean, it's a little movie from 1994. It, you know, a it, year of big movies. A year of big movies. It's certainly not expected to like make a big splash, but you know, we're talking about it today. It's come up in a lot of conversations during the, you know, the most recent 
Oscar season uh, or award season, I should say, because there's been a lot of conversation between Adam Sandler and Brendan Fraser and reminiscing about their times and how much fun they had working on this movie and how big it was for them. Because even though Brendan Fraser was in things before this, you know, he was still kind of new to the scene. And uh, it was, you know, I, I mean, that guy... You could name just about any movie except for probably George of the Jungle, and you could probably look back on it with, uh, you know, fond memories. Well, that's not true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Most of his movies, I'm sure he could look back on with fond, you know, with fondness. And uh, what about Blast from the Past? That's one that does not get spoken about that often, but I have fond memories of it. It was Brendan Fraser, Lisa Silverstone, right, and he's in the bunker with Christopher Walken and Sissy yeah. Spacek. And, and right. And then he comes out and I remember that being cute. I saw some clips of it being shared around, um, not too long ago online. Uh, people seem to have some fondness for it. You know, I think that that's also just like the, you know, he plays that like squeaky clean, you know, guy from the sixties or whatever, you know, that's sheltered from the world fish out of water in the nineties. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah, he's definitely very endearing in that kind of thing. Yeah. But I find his his character in Airheads so authentic. I you know he brings a lot of um, really interesting qualities to the character that I don't know if they're necessarily like that in the script. But I don't know. He calls he calls Milo like a penis. <laughs> like it's yes. <laughs> the way he pronounces penis yes. is great when he's using it as an insult. Uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, you know I, I, I was, I was thinking the same thing. I was going to say the same thing about Bishemi's performance. Uh huh. I feel like Bishemi's, and I, you know, I, I'm a fan of his work in, in other things that he's in. It's not that he feels unnatural in other movies, but it, it, Maybe it's just the nature of this character and that this character is really supposed to be like he is the loose cannon of the three uh -huh. yeah. and and that he just that Bishemi just like, you know, goes to town with it. But it feels just natural. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just I, I don't know. I, I totally buy it. He looks like that guy, like just like Brendan totally. Fraser looks like that guy, whoever that Chaz, that well, is who that guy is. You know, the, um, you know, Brendan Fraser at the time, you know, he had the physique to be able to pull off that, like, you know, hard rock front man, Sunset Strip vibe. You know, Steve Buscemi, you know, very slender and wiry and mm -hmm. you put the right wig, you put the right clothes on him and you have an actor with a lot of talent. He can pull that off. Well, it's like how, the, how that meme that has the picture of them from Airheads that says like Chris Cornell, Eddie Vedder, oh. and like I don't whoever the third guy is, and it's the three of them, like Lane Staley yeah. or something, and it's the three of them from Airheads, and it it just works because they they do feel very uh, authentic to that specific. Uh, they, yeah. It actually they feel like a band that has come five years too late, and they even comment on that too. Because they talk about all oh, that, you know, the Seattle crap and oh yeah, yeah you yeah. know, which all, by 1994 even that was kind of starting to, uh, well, although you know you wouldn't have known when I guess when this movie was being cut in earlier '94, you know, yeah. Kurt Cobain right. uh, dies in in April and uh, you know that kind of it's not like that music goes away. I mean, Pearl Jam is still. <laughs> No, of course, yeah. You know, amazing. You know, a monster, a monster. Um, not to mention the album "Monster" that was released in fall of '94 by REM. Uh, oh God, but yeah, the, but but like the Can, Lone Ranger. I just have a question for you. Can you just yeah. like not help yourself sometimes? Correct. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, why should I? Um, it's fine. Um. But anyway, like even that music was kind of yeah the out yeah the sunset strip vibe was definitely at that point like really fading, and uh, when and it's also interesting you know you have the you know what's going down at KPPX and 
yeah, maybe the listenership is going down. Maybe they're not getting the the kind of numbers that they need to survive because they play music that's just falling out of favor. And honestly, it's like that does make sense. They don't really talk about that, but that's just kind of the way that it is. And of course, mm-hmm. you've got, you know, Jimmy Wing from Palantine Records and, uh, you know, Judd Nelson's character. And, you know, for him, the the thing that makes the Lone Rangers enticing has nothing to do with their music. It has everything to do with their personalities. And for him, it's a really smart financial decision because, you know, they've gone viral. They're, they're on the news. Right. They, you know, yeah. they're, they're doing this thing that makes them famous. And it's like, it doesn't matter what their music sounds like. People are going to be into it because they know that these guys are nuts. Yeah. They're, you know, they're, they're taking people hostage at a, at a radio station not, you know, and not causing any harm. They're not doing any, you know, of course, uh, holding somebody hostage is a really serious thing. Um, and nobody knows that their their guns are fake. But it's also in the interactions that they have with the public when they come out of the station and they show who they are, you know, and they are making it also not that... They're there to make a statement, but chanting Rodney King is a, you know, it's getting people to understand like, oh yeah, they are, they are frustrated with the way that the world is and the way that the, you know, police are treating people. And, you know, it's, it's the perception, even though that's not at all what they went in there to do. Although I see, I thought that the the whole Rodney King chanting thing was, was just to show kind of like how vapid this this crowd of people are and how oh no i see i thought that it was a way of just like who do you think these like there's a whole mob of people here do you think they're gonna be on your side or our side okay and they chant rodney king and it's just like oh yeah shit we're the lapd i mean i just uh, felt like you got a you got a crowd of of i mean like maybe not entirely but let's just say a crowd of white people yeah they're um you know ernie hudson is like you know the the cop on there, the there is there is the uh the guy who uh admitted to playing dungeons and dragons he yes. he wasn't white but correct <laughs> yes <laughs> thank you um, yeah because the SWAT guy uh tries to discredit Chaz as a badass by finding his like you know uh high school yearbook indicating that his name is Chester Darby and, you know, and then Chaz is just like, yeah, so what? I was a total dork. I played Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, picked my nose and blah, 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 blah. And everyone else is just like, yeah, I don't care. You're <laughs> look at you now. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it, it is really kind of a, like lame uh, shot <laughs> to try. It's like oh, it's that- a, it's, but that's I think that that's also the the kind of attempt that somebody who's out of touch with their generation and what yeah. they would pick up on because right. uh it's it's a really interesting way of showing how times have changed and how people perception of people has changed yeah uh you know from from one generation to the next so john i um i you know i i wanted to kind of you know throw a little something extra here uh into the episode, into the mix, and uh, inspired by the movie, I thought we'd perhaps have have a little uh, little game. And um, you know, it, it not this is not going to go too long. But um, uh, taking a cue from Airheads, this is called getting to know your armed assailant. Well, well, Dan, that's what we called our episode where. We were just talking, it was just the two of us not talking about a movie. Do you remember that? Oh, right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we called I, it Getting to Know Your Armed Assailants. Yes, we we did. We did. But now <laughs> I am bringing a, now it is something else. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't think of that earlier. Um, I just kind of was like, oh, fine. Let's do a quiz game where I will read a description. Uh, I, I will be speaking from the perspective of a um someone and and I had to be kind of careful in this because I'm talking about hostage situations um in movies here didn't want to get too uh too too serious here um so I'm going to read a description and you can uh you can guess 
um, the movie. You could guess as specific as the character, perhaps. Um, And I could even perhaps tell you if you're right about them. Um, Can this be a... Well, I guess I don't know exactly what the questions are that you're going to be asking, like what the vibe is like, but... Is there like a, a 20 questions aspect to this? Where um, like... so, so you can ask for hints. Like there are okay. hints available. I, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I, let's, I'm going to start you with an easy one. I think this is just to kind of give you a sense of, of, of how this is going to go. Okay. So here, I'm going to read the description and you tell me the, the movie, perhaps the character, the actor, whatever you want to tell me. So I'm sick and tired of life in New York City. So my girlfriend and best bud and I are going to go rob a bank and then get out of town. Uh, quick change. Right. Yeah. Okay. Grim. Grim? Graham? <clears throat> Excuse me. As played by, by Bill Murray. Okay. Here. Uh, oh, are you looking for the character or I, are you looking for the movie? I don't have like strict okay. rules. It's kind of whatever you know, however much you know. I. That's probably the only one where I could actually tell you the character okay got it off the top of my head so the movie would be fine all right so here we go let's try this one i'm robbing this bank to get back at this rich asshole who profited from dealings with the nazis oh 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 um i i i know that i know this oh is it the 25th hour not the 25th hour uh, oh. I know you're thinking of the right thing. Yes, I, I, in, I, I inadvertently gave you a hint just now. Oh no, is it? Well, okay, because it's a Spike Lee movie. Correct. It's with Clive Owen. Correct. Um. Oh my God, I, I'm blanking on the title of it. Easy title to make. Uh, to turn it into a porn version. <sighs> That could, that could be any movie, Dan. <laughs> uh, look, I, Inside you know, Man. Inside Man. Inside Man. Okay. okay, but you were you, but you had like everything else. You had the Spike Lee, Clive Owen. My hint for that was going to be, um, the first wall I break in this movie is the fourth. Oh, will not be the last one. I break. <laughs> um, uh, no, but th- that's a great movie. I love that movie. movie. It's really good. Great movie. Okay, here's another one. My brother and I escaped from prison and are taking this preacher and his kids hostage so we can get across the border into Mexico. Oh, damn. I'm going to need some hints for this one. Where we are going to rendezvous with our contact at a bar called the Titty Twister. My brother and I, um, is this, Ooh, can you give me like an actor in it or something like that? I will give you, um, okay. Is it from dusk till dawn? It is from dusk till dawn. Good job, John. Um, you know, and, and I was thinking that that was it. But I just was second guessing myself, but glad no, I said it. No, follow your heart. You know, and, I, and that's one where I haven't seen it in a really long time. So I didn't really necessarily remember the plot of it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that hint definitely helped. Well, there's also the first half plot and then the second sure. half plot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fun movie. I haven't seen it in, in a long time. All right. You, are you ready for now? I have two more I got to say, Dan, this prepared. is exciting because usually I'm the one that's quizzing you and it's, it's fun. It's fun to be on the I know, other side of it. I know. Well, I know. And that's, I, you know, every now and again, I need to give back. So <laughs> this is me giving back. Okay. By the way, so, I am not going to edit out any pauses. I'm going to try to uh, keep, keep the air alive with at least some sort of words. Even yes, if then, I don't know where I am. Okay. Okay. All right. So here we go. I've got I've got I've got two more loaded okay. up here. Here we go. I'm a janitor who's about to be fired and replaced with a robot. So I'm going to kidnap the daughter of the president of the company. Can I but, just say it before you finish? Yes. It's a life less ordinary. Yeah. Oh, I didn't I wasn't sure how familiar you were with that one because I don't believe we've talked about it ever. But Really? 
yeah, I don't think we've ever really talked about A Life Less Ordinary. Um, Okay, I'm going to say one thing about A Life Less Ordinary. That movie, um, you know, Danny Boyle, Ewan McGregor, Cameron Diaz. There is a very popular movie podcast that I'm not going to mention by name that recently did an episode about that movie. And I was very excited because I was like, oh, great. I get to listen to people talk about this movie that I really enjoy. And they hated on it so hard, it made me so frustrated because they were complaining about things where I was like, well, certainly they can't complain about the music. Right. And they did. And they were just like, there's not like a good soundtrack or anything. Oh, I was like, are you kidding them. me? I bought that Speaking sound- of REM. Um, uh, yeah. So anyway, I'll tell you a podcast that'll, that will say nice things about a life less ordinary. Yeah, this one. Mother effing childhoods. Yeah. Go on. Childhoods. Um, I saw life less ordinary in the theater. I, anyway, we'll talk about, we will talk about a life less ordinary yeah. other time. Um, okay. You ready? I am. One more. I have, I have absolute faith. You're not going to have any trouble with this one. So <laughs> here, here. I'm amazed that I've been. Getting them so far. I was really like a life less ordinary. I thought was going to be the the biggest challenge. And, and I and I knew inside man, I just couldn't remember the name of it. No, 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 I, no. You, well, when you, you know said twenty fifth, when you said twenty fifth hour, it's like mid aughts Spike Lee. You I, I were know. like one year off. I, I know. I was. I was in terms of the yeah. filmography. So okay, <laughs> here here we go. Here we go. I need money to pay for my boyfriend's sex change. So dog day afternoon. Dog, I know. Yes. Dog yeah. day afternoon. Of course. I, I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to start with quick change. I'm going to end with dog day afternoon because dog, dog day, day afternoon. After- it's, I mean, it's, it's great. Um, when it comes Attica, to Attica, yeah. Attica, that's the <laughs> Rodney, Rodney King, King right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, when it comes to, uh, Al Pacino performances, I think that dog day afternoon is among my, my favorites. It's a standout. Yeah. It really is. It 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 is, you know, and I think he's got such a, a variety of work and, and so many wonderful performances in addition to so many that I think are terribly overrated, Scent of a Woman. Um, he, uh, I thought about watching that the other day and I was like, nah. <laughs> that is exactly what happens to me every time I see that it's streaming. I'm like, oh, Scent of a Woman. Nope. <laughs> Nope. I could watch Scent of a Woman, or I could just watch something else, or not watch anything at all. I get a couple of flashes, and like like Chris O'Donnell, and then just like Pacino going, oh, and I'm just like, no, if I want to see, oh, Al Pacino, I'll watch Devil's Advocate. Chris O'Donnell of School Ties with Brandon Fraser. Uh, Was he in With Honors? Feels like he should be in with honors. Chris O'Donnell? No, 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 no. It was Patrick Dempsey, Moira Kelly. Brendan Fraser and um, I want to say there was a fourth. I, I know Joe Pesci was in it as well. Uh, Josh Hamilton, Moira Kelly. Is Josh Hamilton the one who I'm who I'm forgetting? Um, I, for some reason, like if you if you just slapped Chris O'Donnell on that poster of right. like them just kind of sitting there, nobody would notice. No, Chris O'Donnell would have been like, yeah, I, I, it makes sense that I would have been in that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I feel like that movie was kind of a uh, um, a precursor to Goodwill Hunting because wasn't like right. Joe Pesci like a genius or something. Uh, I don't think I ever even saw it, but I it definitely is like a oh they almost got it, and then Goodwill Hunting was like here we go. Yeah, I don't remember I they this. almost got it. I remember that movie being very mid. I, I don't know if I've ever seen it. I remember I remember just well because it was a PG thirteen movie that came out in the mid nineties, so I saw it and I just remember it being like it's a, a two to two and a half star movie. You know what, Dan? I'm reading the the synopsis here on IMDB. It's a hostage movie. Convinced his thesis will have him graduate with honors from Harvard University. A stuffy student finds himself at the mercy of a homeless man's demands when he holds the papers hostage. Oh, okay. All right. There we go. So that is with honors, and that's probably the first and last time we'll ever talk about that. Yeah, I don't know that we'll come back to that. A life less ordinary, however. Yeah, I'd love to. Oh, Dan, good list. game, good game, good game. Yeah, anyway, yeah, there were a couple of others that I was like, I was like, Ransom is is one. 
Speed, Ransom, The Rock. Yeah, I'm curious how you would have approached those. Well, with The Rock, it would have been like, like you know, I served my country and I got a bum deal from them. So I am taking over this historic landmark and taking all of the visitors hostage until I get what I want. And, and you would have guessed course, it. And of course, the greatest thing about that movie is that Ed Harris's, uh, you know, wife's headstone just says her name and then it says his wife. <laughs> It's the, it's almost, it's like, how you know, it's his wife. It's, it's Barbara like the, Hummel. I want to say the. it's like the Zucker Wait a second, brothers. I gotta look the, Barbara Hummel. Yes. It's like it the Zucker Hummel? brothers came on set for one day. <laughs> like, I feel like that's like, you would just do that. You wouldn't even do a parody of that. Oh man. They're like, you know, I feel like the Zucker brothers style. It doesn't, you know, probably doesn't work as well anymore but man uh, no no you know i'm i can't believe that i i like recalling that her name is barbara hummel i don't even like if you ask me what's ed harris's character's name in the rock then i would have been like i have no idea what was his dead wife's name oh barbara hummel his wife (laughs) Yeah, that's wife. probably why you remember that because the you... tombstone, it's it's just burned in my brain. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so one good. of the greatest images ever. And um, I want to say film. yes. And uh, one of the other things that I remembered about it is that she died on my birthday. Oh, she died on my twelfth okay. birthday. Yeah. So you have that connection. We Got have that it. connection. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So John, um, coming back to Airheads here. Yeah. All right. Like, all right. It's 2023 and people are rediscovering this movie and it's just part of the whole Renaissance. Um, And what, what are you going to do with it? You're, you're handed the reins. I think that the Lone Rangers need to go on tour. We need to get Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler to just do like a, I don't know, a a New York, L.A., Chicago tour, you know? Kind of like when Spinal Tap does, like, yeah. gets together and does their thing, yeah. How much fun would it be? And they don't nec- they don't even need to be the ones playing the instruments or or singing or anything like that, you know, have a, a band backing them, like, doing all that stuff. But how much fun would it be? To have because like okay what would you kind pair of a, it, sorry would you say, pair would you pair it with a screening and a Q and A of course yeah. in character oh that'd be amazing now okay. we're talking a sequel to this I don't think I'm and I mean maybe you have ideas but like I don't know if I'd care to to see a, a sequel to this um, it is you know so nicely wrapped up at the end. I don't want to see them having failed. You know, we we know that they're getting out of prison soon and they're releasing a live in prison album or whatever. Uh, and so to me, that's like a great little end to it. I also um, think we know that that they're not they, they've got a low ceiling. I think they're not destined for greatness. No, they, they are they're, not destined for greatness. This yeah. was th- like this got them much higher than they would have gotten on their own. All due respect to them, but totally a, a dime a dozen, five years too late, Sunset Strip, um, like not even metal band. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you that a a sequel would be like what would it would be like Saturday, the Saturday night, like finding yeah. Chaz. <laughs> like, yeah. What's he doing? You know, um, I agree with you on that. Whereas if you set up, I mean, let's say you have, you know, the 30, let's say you just set it up as a, you know, entirely fictional thing. Like the Lone Ranger celebrating the 30th anniversary of their takeover. Yeah. Um, You know, goes on tour and. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe you, I, I would say you pair it with a screening because honestly, like how, 
you're going to spend money to buy a ticket and you're going to what sit there and watch like the, the, the charm is going to wear off pretty quickly. No, uh, I think that a Q and a on the other hand would be fucking yeah, hilarious. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, and I, I imagine they would enjoy themselves doing it. Probably not more than a couple times, but you right. know, but to, when, to do something would be, would be a lot of fun. Just like I, McKean guest and Shearer have done with as spinal tap and the folksman and the folksman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. I would like I would if if it was like this is coming to, you know, it, it, I, I don't imagine this would be something that would be playing, you know, like you'd go to like, you know, I, I don't know where you would what type of venue, but like I would buy tickets if this came to Seattle. I would yeah, definitely go see it. I mean, I don't think you're going to sell out an arena with it. But. Yeah, I mean, what I mean, what would you do if if somebody handed you a ton of money to do something with this? Oh boy. I, I, um, you know, I didn't really have any solid ideas. I was thinking about it and I was like, do you do a doc? Like, do you do a 30 years later? Like, look back like a, like a, like a documentary, like some type of, uh, you know, MTV looks back except not MTV, like whatever, like Hulu, a Hulu, documentary about not about the movie airheads but about the lone rangers and like i don't know take behind the scenes footage and then do interviews with the guys in character now i think that that was pretty much the peak of my ideas with this i much prefer the the idea of the in-person here's the reality of it this movie does not have a proper life at this moment there's no, I, there, there, I think there might've been a Blu-ray release at one, like there's no X, there's nothing there. No. So to give it a, you know, 30 year reunion, you know, release where maybe they've, you know, put it in through, they, they've, you know, tweaked it or whatever and give it a proper commentary track, you know, give Have it the, Beavis the love and it Butthead deserves. do commentary on it. Hey, Beavis and Butthead are back, baby. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, I, I definitely I mean, that was kind of that that was the other thing was just just like, you know, I, I would like to see it more, you know, available or I don't know, it would be fun to go see it in a in a theater. Like I often look yeah. at the movie listings and I'm just like anything that I would be interested in seeing is like an hour longer than I would like it to be. And yeah, <laughs> I'm like, meanwhile, this would be fun. <laughs> totally. I'd be like, whatever, I know I'm going to have a, a great time. And like to see this movie with an audience of people who who also appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Speaking of appreciation, I don't think that we gave Joe Montaigne the credit that Joe Montaigne deserves. No, we did not. Thank you for bringing that up. We need to talk about Joe he, Montaigne. You know, when you think about or, you know, if you look at a lot of Joe Montaigne's roles over the course of his career, there are none that are like this. And the way that he pulls this off is brilliant. Uh-oh, is there an exception? Well, okay, none that are like this. I'm going to say not like it, but similar. His role as Harry Flugelman in The Three Amigos. Not, and he's not, no. he's cool. In this, he's he's cool, but I would say... I, I, or I would say it's different for me because when I think Joe Montaigne, I think I think David Mamet, and I think of sure, you yeah. know, like so more you're thinking more Godfather Three. He's the best okay, part so of Godfather Three. So you're thinking more in the sense that uh, he's doing comedy rather than what he typically does is drama. And no, but then in addition, I do, I, I, I see your, I recognize your, your, right. your point here. Yes, because what he's playing is this, this DJ who's you know, just kind of going through the motions and his life is not exciting anymore and he doesn't give a shit about what he's doing. But there's actual excitement going on with these guys and he get he, he likes them. Like, he, he appreciates them. And the fact that, like, his boss is, like, currently going through this time where he's being such a dick, to be able to kind of, like, link up with these guys is, like, his dream it's what exactly what he needs well also as he finds out that the, the station is about to go easy right. listening yeah. so when something 
rock and roll happens. And it, it just goes back to the point of that the Lone Rangers greatest achievement has nothing to do with their music. It's this yeah. like thing that they stumbled into. It's their personality. It's their attitude. Yeah. And, and that's what's so magnetic to everybody, including Ian. Well, and that's the thing is, is, and, and before bringing it back to Ian, just is that they, is that what makes uh, Chaz, I think a, a, a you know, a, a likable character is that he stumbles into this, but he takes advantage of it. Um, and Ian does the same thing. And I love he, he, Joe Montana just seems to be having fun in this movie. It, yes. he, he again feels genuine and just like loose. And I mean, I'm sure it's like, you know, one of the most fun times he's ever had on a on a movie set, especially when he does all these you know dramas. <laughs> yeah. Also, we have, you know, this movie has gifted us with so many little nuggets of of beauty. The whole B. Arthur, outstanding. <laughs> like, you know, just like there's so many little moments that I uh, I don't know, are fun. They're, they they stick into your head. They they're fun. I ain't farting on no snare drum. I ain't farting on no snare drum. Yeah. yeah. It is a it, it's just a I it's just a fun movie. And it's not a movie that I'm necessarily nostalgic for. It's not like I saw it. When it came out in the theater, I, you know, watched it I like on VHS or, or on cable and, you know, it what like I enjoyed it, but didn't love it, love it. So I, it's not like I have some like impenetrable nostalgia for it. Right. But, but I feel really... like it's the movie that's that's aged really well, with the exception of a yes. few uh, you know, word uses of things that oh, yes. are not okay. Oh, definitely, but, yes. That is should be pointed out, of course. And yeah. uh, it's it's something that I see in a lot of movies from this era. Um, but the you know the actors; these are it's a series of actors who are of, of course the main actors, non problematic people who have gone on to have these amazing careers. And uh, you're you just be you just get so happy for them, and uh, and so that's why like thirty years later it's great to watch this movie because you've seen what becomes of the actors mm-hmm. uh, in this you know especially the three the three guys yes um, and you know for people who are just like oh my god it's you know from from Better Call Saul you know and it's like you. It can really appeal to a a modern day audience in that sense, um, yeah. And yeah, you just get so happy for them, and that's why we have a, a, a shirt on our T Public store that says, "You know, I'm just so happy for Brendan Fraser." And uh, you can find a link to that T Public store as well as like our social media channels and everything in the link that's in the episode's description. And please email us if you have some thoughts about Airheads that you want to talk about uh, or any of the other movies that we've talked about on this podcast. Um, ruinchildhoodspot at gmail.com. You know, I would be interested to see if we were to have a shirt available that said, uh, you can't pluralize Lone Ranger. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm just, I'm curious to see like, you know, would that sell? Is there, is there an audience for that? Perhaps how many people out there would really, uh, well, I'm going to check T public right now to see if they have a, the Lone Rangers shirt. <laughs> Like, I feel like it's that type of quote, just like that, without any type of context or explanation, I I would wear that. I do need to get myself a, I'm so happy for Brendan Fraser. There, There sure. is a, there's someone who made a The Lone Rangers, The Hostage Tour 1994 shirt. Um, there's one that says Rex and Pip and Chaz. Um, uh, okay. That's the same store. There is another uh, person who did make kind of like a, Airheads fan art shirt. Hey, there's ours. I'm just so happy for Brendan Fraser. Yay. Uh, <laughs> and then there's just a lot that are like from either the Lone Ranger OG or yeah. uh, Army Hammer and Johnny Depp. Ooh-hoo. The Lone Ranger. Uh, Problematic. Yes. Yeah. Not great. Not I never great. saw it. <laughs> um, but- I saw that one in the theater. I did. <laughs> 
It's just a thing that happened. It, it we're happened. We're going to have to deal with it. It happened. Uh, well, I think that, Dan, was, that was before we knew either uh, <laughs> anything that horrible about either of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, Army Hammer certainly went on for quite a while before we found out that he, uh, yeah. Not, not, not so great. Not so great stuff. So, uh, Dan, do you want to tell everybody what we're what we're doing on our next episode? Oh, how we're following up the 1994 cult comedy Airheads. Yeah. Why, of course, the next logical step would be 1989's Academy Award winning um, biopic, uh, My Left Foot, the story of Christy Brown, yeah. which stars the great Daniel Day-Lewis as uh, in, in his... First Academy Award winning role. Yeah. Uh first of three. And right. he uh he plays uh Christy Brown, the Irish artist uh who was born with cerebral palsy. Artist and author. Um art right, yep, yeah, uh, because it's based on his his memoir. And he uh, you know, would wrote and created using his left foot. And playing his mother is uh Academy Award winning for this role actress Brenda Fricker, uh, who we adore. Yes, mostly for So I Married an Axe Murderer, but also My Left Foot. She's also the Pigeon Lady in Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Oh, She's yeah, but come on. So but we I married... love her for So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, how can you see her and not imagine her like talking about how the weekly world news is the paper? <laughs> yes. The paper, dear. Yes. Well, Dan, as you are driving along the Sunset Strip trying to find Kayla, I wish you a good journey. Good journey.